It's always a highlight of New Zealand's winter sporting calendar and the winter games New Zealand. 2023 are only days away from their opening ceremony in Wanaka on Friday. Over 450 athletes from over 30 nations will be competing at this year's event, which comprises of the FIS Park and Pipe Junior World Championship free ski and snowboard slope style, the FIS Australia New Zealand Cup Alpine Ski Racing Program, the North Face Frontier Free Ride event, and the inaugural International Obsidian Challenge, where the best of the best from all four corners of the globe will compete in a unique team format competition with uh, remote venues and hundreds of athletes. It's not a small event to manage and put together, but Martin Toomey is the right man for the job. He has proven to be on countless occasions. He is the CEO of the Winter Games, and he's with us this morning. Good morning to you, Martin. Good morning. How are you, Smithy? I'm damn good. How are you, man? Uh, I mean, this is um, you know, this is what you do. This is uh, this is uh, what you uh, spend all your time or a lot of your time uh, getting uh, getting uh, in shape and, and put together. How's it shaping up from this point on? Yeah, it's actually looking really good. You're right. You spend months and months and months, but this is actually when it gets fun. This is when the sport starts, the action. You know, once you start seeing athletes up on the hill and everything, that's when it all really comes home. And it, like you said in your intro, you know, I mean, we. I think when we put out our press release, we're talking 450-plus athletes. We're now, well, 100 more than that. So, you know, we're 550 and counting. Um, So, you know, we've got a huge international field across all of those events. So we know it's going to be world-class. We know the venues are world-class. So now we just want to... uh, We want the weather gods to play nicely for us, and we want to to let these athletes put on a show. Marty, we, we fell in love, uh, re-fell in love, I should say, with uh, the Winter Olympics, uh, with the last one, which was so heavily televised, and we saw so much of it, and some great performances uh, from New Zealanders. Are these the athletes that we can be expecting on our shore globally? Yes, yeah, so some of them definitely. When it comes to things like the Obsidian, absolutely. You know, we've, we've pulled together four continental teams here, the best of the best athletes from all around the world. So they compete in three different challenges in a, a big year, a park jam, and a um, backcountry free ride competition. So those, those are absolutely the best of the best. One of the really cool things is we've actually got that uh, Park and Pipe Junior World Championships. So that's the 14 to 18-year-olds. They sound really young, but that's actually the sweet spot in a lot of these sports. So some of them aren't the names that we would have seen in Beijing, but they are the names we'll see standing on the podiums when it comes out. Milano 2026. So, you know, the quality's there, but they're, they're a younger group, not always the names that we already know. But there's some Kiwis there that will become household names, absolutely. Is there a qualifying process to uh, become involved as an athlete in these games? Yes, yeah, so for some of them, things like the Obsidian is an invitation event. We only pick, you know, athletes who have already performed incredibly well on the world stage. Events like the um, free ride. Uh, we run two different events. One's called a two-star, which anyone can enter, but then you've got to actually have uh, earned points in those free-ride competitions to be able to start in the higher-ranked events. So the four-star, which is the other one we run, if you haven't got those points, you can't get a start. So there's that kind of qualification process runs through everything. The same with the Alpine Continental Cups. Um, if you've got a FIST licence, if you've competed, if you've got a proven minimum capability level you can start, but the best athletes get the best kind of start position. So there's always an advantage. The higher rank you are, the better the position and your start order, and that tends to flow through to results. So they do um, 
people get ranked, you know, either by what they come in with or just, you know, how they perform on the day. It sounds, uh, when you uh, told us a little earlier that you went from 450 to 550 in the blink of an eye, really, as if, um, you know, this is uh, the sport, this, these winter games, etc., cetera, and, and snow sports, etc., are really catching on in this country now, uh, not just globally, but really uh, on the back of uh, what we've been seeing from the likes of uh, Zoe and uh, Nico and, and company. Yeah, I think absolutely. You know, from Pyeongchang through to Beijing and now through to here, I think you've definitely seen snow sports become far more mainstream. So it was pretty niche, and we'd occasionally an athlete will pop up that did something really well. But I think, you know, snow sports New Zealand's had a really strong program in place for 10, 12 years now, and I think we're starting to see the benefits of that. The local resorts all have development programs, and, you know, they certainly help athletes out too. So we are seeing a talent pool coming through and because they're now successful across so many different sports you know it's not just mm. the traditional alpine that's you know we've got you know people in all of those different sport disciplines that means there's a real breadth and depth that um, we've never had before in the country so i think that's why you're seeing so much of it how do the public uh, get involved i mean you know are there good viewing spots are there spots where it will be slightly tougher, obviously, to get to and take uh, take part in. But is it, is it really, and is there a live stream service as such? Yeah, so some of the events we are live streaming. So on our uh, website, so the Winter Games website, which is www.wintergamesnz.kiwi, uh, we'll be live streaming all of the finals from the Junior World Championships there. We'll also be live streaming the Alpine events, and that's a partnership with the Queenstown Alpine Ski Team helping us out with that. So those events will be live streamed. Just you know, search out Winter Games NZ, and you'll find them there. Um, the free ride events we can't because they were uh, just the terrain that they're in. We can't actually get a signal out of there cleanly, um, but you can actually access them quite easily. So they're up at the Remarkables, and they're actually accessible just from the main lifts. So people can get up there. Definitely an advantage if you ski or snowboard, but you can also hire um, snowshoes and go for a wee walk up and within 20 minutes you're actually at the bottom of the course and being able to watch that. Um, the Alpine events up at Coronet Peak have got brilliant viewing from just from the base facility. So you can, particularly for the two slalom events which were on Thursday 31st of August and Friday 1st of September, you can stand on the deck and watch some world-class athletes actually uh, finishing an event pretty much right in front of your eyes. So that's, you don't even have to uh, put on a ski boot or a snowboard boot to be able to watch that, and that's really cool. And then the, um, the events happening up at Cadrona with the Junior World Championships. But the slope-style course is harder to access. You can get a day pass and ride the gondola and go up and watch from the top and then download after you've watched. Um, but the big year event, you can actually watch from the base building again. So very easy to see the action that's going on and just be part of the atmosphere that fits in and around that event. And then for the two obsidian events that are being held up at Cadrona on the uh, 8th and 9th of September, the big year and the park jam, you can definitely access them from the bottom of the, uh, the Cadrona courtyard. So that's a really easy one to, for people to be able to come up and watch, and that'll be uh, pretty spectacular. And the first opportunity to see it, because it is the inaugural International Obsidian Challenge. Uh, tell us what um, that constitutes, please, Marty. 
Yeah, so we've got four continental teams. So we've got Oceania team, so obviously the Aussies and the Kiwis coming together to take on the world. We've got a team from the Americas, we've got a team from Asia, and we've got a team from Europe. So and by team, I mean we've got two snowboard um, male, two snowboard female, two free ski male, two free ski female athletes, and each of those teams. And they take part in three different challenges. And so they're actually winning points for their team, plus there's an overall kind of best athlete award. And they take part three events. Um, one of those is a park jam, which is effectively, if you think of those rails, those big tin rails or metal rails mm. that the athletes hit, the top of the slope style course, there's a series of them all together. And they've got to be able to lace together a whole series of tricks. So it's all about style and what they can do. Um, there's a big air event, which is exactly as it sounds, one great big jump. Uh, it's the one that Zoe came away with her silver medal in Beijing on. Uh, but it's a natural amphitheatre that's at the Cadrona under Tom's Rock. So it's a pretty spectacular one. So they're hitting a 65 to 70 foot jump and doing tricks that involve both style and technical stuff. So lots of spins in the technical, but not so many spins and a whole lot of style and the grabs and everything in the, uh, the style-based part of that. And then we've got a, um, a backcountry freestyle day or a free ride day, and that... Uh, is determined based on snow conditions at the time where we go, but that'll either be heli-accessed or it'll be uh, accessed by cat ski off the back of Kadroma. So two different options there that we're still looking at, depending on how uh, Mother Nature plays out over the next three weeks. But those three challenges come together. Athletes get points based on where they finish, ranked against their competitors, and at the end of it we'll be able to announce who the, uh, the first continent is to walk away with you know, the Obsidian International Challenge Trophy. Man, that sounds involved. It really, really does. Um, but but, but a, There's a lot of logistics and a, in this. Yeah, I was going to say spectacular and exciting. And, and on logistics, I mean, what about the challenge for you of um, having three or four different venues in operation? Uh, how do you manage that? Yeah, so we, we have staff that sit across all of the different venues. But obviously, we work really closely with our um, ski area partners, so Coronet Peak, the Remarkables, Cadrona, and we're working with Southern Lakes Heli Ski. Yeah, they're the, the critical partners because they're, they're the ones, they actually provide the venue, and so we work with them in terms of the media overlay and making sure all the athlete safety and everything. We have very strict rules we've got to follow um, from the International Federation, particularly for the, you know, for the FIS events and the likes. And so you know exactly what you've got to do. It just takes months of planning to make sure it all comes together on the day. But, yeah, we, we, we know what we have to do to deliver events. And then Rightio, you're just hoping for the, the very best snow conditions. Yeah, well, that's the other thing I was going to say. Hopefully snow conditions will be right. Uh, Marty, the, uh, here's another example of us being able to host a, a very, very big event um, down there in the snow. Uh, I just wonder how big can we go? How confident that we, we could hold the biggest event, you know, the, the Winter Olympics or, or something of that nature? How, how confident are we getting to that point? Look, total honesty, mate, I don't think we are, and I don't think we ever should. From my perspective, it's not that we couldn't run the events. It's actually the impact it would have on the infrastructure. So when you think about an event like um, the Beijing Winter Olympics, I mean, you're taking over whole ski resorts for months and months and months. And I mean, how you would actually offset that to actually be able to pay that back to the, uh, you know, the owners of those resorts who are commercial entities. 
um, how you'd be able to recompense them for that. I don't know how you do it. The other bit is, I think, uh, last time I looked at those bidding documents, I mean, I, th I don't know that there were enough buses in New Zealand to actually be able to provide the support required to actually move the numbers of athletes around. So logistically, I think we're better to stick with the things we know we can do really well. We can run World Cups, we can do that well. We're better off to pick the things, one that Kiwis are good at and so people will want to follow, but also that there's a legacy infrastructure in place. You know, I mean, if we put in a, a massive luge track and ski jumping and everything and no one wants to do it, that's hundreds of millions of dollars spent on an asset that the country probably doesn't need. So I think I, what I like about Kiwis, I think we get pretty good at working out what we're good at, what we can deliver really well, and we just stick to our knitting. If we do that, I think uh, you know we're better to host those kind of events on a regular basis rather than a one-off that bankrupts the country or you know causes all kinds of dramas. It, I suppose you're right. I, I, I suppose you're right, but it it, it doesn't. Um, I, I think we've got to continue to to think big, and, I, and obviously people like yourself continue to do that, expanding the whole time. Now, any names that we will be very familiar with, um, particularly from a New Zealand point of view? Oh, again, I think when you come back to the, uh, you know, the obsidian in particular, because we're talking about, you know, that from the, the top level athletes, certainly you, you like to see Nico Porteous as a name that everyone knows. Unfortunately, we don't have Zoe in this event. She's overseas at the moment and uh, not not back until partway through it. So that didn't work from the team perspective. Um, the Alice Robinson again competing in the Alpine events and up against you know some of the world's very very best in those giant slalom events. So yeah, well worth tuning in and watching those athletes. But I think like I said, what people will see this time is the group of athletes who will become household names in uh, mm. 2026. So yeah, keep keep an eye on the uh, the young crew that are coming in, male, female, ski and snowboard in the. Um, Junior world champs because there's certainly some talent in there to keep your, keep following on the way through. Marty Toomey, uh, CEO of uh, the Winter Games. Uh, all the very best with your conditions. Let's hope it runs smoothly. And uh, as we say, new stars will emerge. And uh, thank you very much for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolute pleasure, Marty. Cheers.